0: Pastor Xavier Reese says spiritual malnourishment is cause for weak faith. If you do not read and study the
1: Word of God, don't expect to grow. You will be retarded and carnal. Paul says, I have not arrived. I press towards the mark. It's a continual pressing on in growth in Christ, but it comes through and by the Word of God.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Experts report that Americans spend an astonishing $33 billion in weight loss products each year. As a matter of fact, more money is spent on treating diabetes, digestive and kidney disease than for smoking-related costs. Figures like these make calculating the benefits of a healthy diet pretty simple, and Pastor Xavier says so it is with our spiritual health. As he presents today's simple truth study of 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll learn how consistent growth in the born-again believer only comes as a result of a healthy diet of the bread of life, the Word of God. Let's listen. First Peter chapter
1: 2, verses 1 through 3. He says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And so in verse 1, Peter speaks of the old man. He's identified as the natural man, the unregenerated man, the ungodly man, the man that is bound and ruled by the flesh. Now, even though we have come to Christ, Each of us still have that old man. He doesn't rule our life, but he's still present. And so we are to lay him aside as an old garment and that we're to put on the new man that is described for us in verse 2. The man in verse 2, he's a spiritual man, the regenerated man, the godly man, the man that is bound and ruled by the Spirit of God. And so he contrasts the two here. Throughout Scripture, we are spoken about that that sinful nature of man as well as the new nature of man. And so the first thing he tells us in verse 1 is that the Christian life is not only a life of learning, but of unlearning many old things. For he says, therefore, and the therefore always points you back to what has preceded. In view of the fact that you have been born again, in view of the fact that you are a new creature, in view of the fact that you have embraced the Word of God that is incorruptible and lives forever, then you must lay aside all these particulars that he is sharing. Lay aside all malice. The word malice describes all evil conduct. It's a general word for wickedness. And so he says now, first in the negative, you have to put all malice aside. Take it off. You have the potential And then he says, secondly, all guile. The word guile speaks of trickery, deceit. And so he says, put this off. This is what you used to do and used to be, but now you're in Christ. You're born again. Thirdly, he says hypocrisy. The word comes from the word actor. It speaks about feigning oneself, passing oneself as something that you really aren't. And in the world, we learn this very quickly. We have personalities for our parents. We have personality for our girlfriend, our boyfriend. We have a personality for the job. And it depends what we want to do and how we fit in. We're like camellias. You know, depending on the environment, we turn that color. And yet now in Christ, we're not to be like that. Envy. A desire for what others have. Even the times to bring us where we hold grudges against them. But he doesn't stop there. He says evil speaking. Slandering. Defaming. It's used twice in the New Testament. Once here, the other one in 2 Corinthians 12, 20. And there it's translated backbiting. Now, note the progression and the connection of these works of the flesh. If you have evil intents towards someone... Then you're going to have to use deceit to conceal it, which in turn will make you a hypocrite. The struggle is there. Galatians tells us the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. Now, when we use the word flesh, we're not talking about that your flesh, this body, is sinful in itself, but the sin nature is sinful. My flesh is like a glove. I can put my hand in the glove and move it around, but you would never think that the movement is because of the glove. It's because of the hand that's in the glove. And so my body is not sinful. It's the sin nature that uses my body to express itself. That's sinful. Lest you think of the concept of the body as as a prison like the Greeks did. We're not in prison. We have the ability to live above the sin nature. And so we're to lay these things aside because we are new babes in Christ. And that is why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again of the Spirit or you will never see the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, hearing God's word and being open to his Spirit, then you can't perceive, you can't enter, you can't understand, you can't live in the level of the Spirit. It's impossible. And so on the negative side, he gives these things in verse 1. But notice, if he asks us to do it, that means we have the ability to do so. Whether we want to, whether we will yield to it, that's another matter. But secondly, he tells us the Christian life is one of growth in verse 2. This is the positive side. He says, As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, the only way an infant can grow. And develop is by eating proper food so likewise the babe in Christ Jesus I mean if you don't eat you don't grow it's as simple as that and yet I am amazed of how often Christians don't even make that connection and they never feed off the Word of God consistently and they wonder why they're having the many problems with their marriage with their friends, with their ability to live in the Spirit, with their ability to discern the voice of God. And they don't make the connection between the two. And if there's one thing that we're told in the Word is, eat, eat, eat. God said He would raise up shepherds to feed the flock of God. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Three times he said, feed my sheep. The purpose of the church in Ephesians chapter 4 to feed the flock of God, to develop the flock of God. The word newborn here only appears one time and it is here. In classical Greek it is used for babies who feed off the breast. And so we are to be born in Christ and we are to begin to feed. And what does he say? It's a desire. It's a natural desire recognizing God's goodness and that he has such a better thing for us, that yearning to be with Christ, so likewise the yearning to feed off. And what does he say? The unadulterated word of God. The word there, pure, is unmixed, unadulterated. Now, infanthood is not a disease, nor is it an insult. It's a legitimate stage. When you bring a baby home, you know, that's a legitimate stage. But who brings the baby home thinking that the baby's never going to grow and develop? Nobody. As a matter of fact, that's why you take so many pictures when they're babies. Because they change so fast. And as they keep growing more, they don't take so many pictures because they don't change that much. But they expect that baby to grow. Each of us should expect from ourselves and from each other to grow unto maturity in Christ and not to remain in infanthood the rest of our lives. Really, the reference here to a babe is really in contrast to the old nature, the unregenerated. It's not an, an opposition to growth or anything, but it's in contrast to what we were before in the first epistle of John in chapter 2 verse 13 John gives us there are three levels in our spiritual growth he says that there are little children speaking of babes those who have first come to Christ then he speaks of the young men those who are grounded and settled in Christ and then he speaks about the fathers those who have experienced Christ for a long time and have walked with Him for many times but even in any of these three levels even if you take the most mature the father if you compare that to what we're going to be in Christ when he comes for us and changes us and we'll be exactly as he is, the fatherhood state would have to be classified as infanthood because we'll be exactly as he is. But hopefully you're going through, you're developing, you're maturing. Now, you and I know very well that in society there are some individuals that never grow up. I mean, they get to their teen years, and that's where they stay for the rest of their life. Now, teen years are legitimate. But if you stay as a teenager all your life, you're going to have problems. And so, in our Christian relationship, we must grow. We must go through those stages, but we must continue to grow to maturity. Now, if we don't develop, there is only one other option that we have. And that is the staying in that Level, without pressing on with age then you actually become carnal Paul the Apostle speaks in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 through 3 he says I cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual but as unto babes in Christ even as unto carnal not that they were just recently born in Christ but that they had been in Christ for a long time but they were acting as if they were recently born and therefore he classifies them as carnal I also call them retarded Christians by choice. Not because of their inability, but because of their unwillingness to grow through the study and feeding of the Word of God. Now, if you've been in Christ for at least a year, then you need to go through the Bible at least once a year. Now, before you get overwhelmed, it really isn't that difficult. If you read five chapters a day, five days a week, two days off, you've got it. But that's just on your own, reading it. Apart from going to a church body that teaches you the Word of God systematically, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, so that you can get the whole counsel of God and you can grow in Christ. If you don't, you're always going to be depending upon the elders and the pastors to call them up and to see what God wants to do. You know, I really believe that in the in our, if you want to call it our advancement in terms of scriptural knowledge today with Christianity in Southern California I think that we have hindered the growth of many Christians because we have so many programs that you don't have to study you just dial the phone why should you spend two hours learning about salvation when you can call up and in 60 seconds get your answer why should you have to wait upon God when you can call a man who's going to give you an answer. Now, I'm not saying that that's altogether wrong, but I'm saying there are potential dangers. And many of those things really retard us. They keep us from growing. We need to wait on the Lord and seek God's Word for God's direction that we might mature. The metaphor of being a babe is used through Scripture. Paul uses it in Corinthians really as a negative thing. They weren't living up to their age under the energy of the flesh. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14, he speaks about those who should have been teaching others and instead they needed to be taught all over again the principles of the Word. Paul says in First Thessalonians 2, 7, and he says that we were gentle among you even as a nurse with children. But once again, how is it? By the milk of the Word of God. But see, in part of maturity too, the Scriptures serve as a reproof, a correction, in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And that's why we study the Word of God consistently because this is the only thing that's going to do you or me any good. I really don't have anything else of any benefit to offer you but the Word of God. Job says, I esteem God's word more than my necessary food. See, Job recognized that if he ate physical food, he could prolong his life, but he would ultimately die. But Job knew that if he fed on the word of God, he would never die. That's good perspective. That's a good observation. And so we are commanded to grow in Christ, to grow in grace to grow in our salvation. And the word thereby refers to salvation that goes back to the previous verses of the previous chapter at the end. Third and last, Peter says that the Christian life is due to the new birth. Verse 3, If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, all that we have said is due to the new life in Christ Jesus. This will never take place. Your desire for growth, your ability to put those negative things off, they will never take place unless you have been born again of the Spirit and the Word of God. You can be religious, you can go to church, you can attempt to read and study the Bible. But if you've never been born again, these things will never take place. If they can take place, why didn't this happen to us before we accepted Christ? Why was it that before we came to Christ, we never got up on Sunday morning and came faithfully? Why was it that we didn't read the Word of God faithfully? Because it wasn't of us. It wasn't in us. The only time we resorted to God was when we got in trouble or when we were in a fix. Oh, God, if you get me out of this, I swore in my mother's grave. I mean, we just, we did everything. And then as soon as God got us out of it, okay, well, bye, God. Let me put you back in the closet. See you next time. You see, this takes place only because we've been born again. The word if, if indeed, does not bring doubt, but it's affirmation. You could translate the word since and should be translated that way. It's the very same word when Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. He says, if you be the Son of God. The word is, since you are the Son of God. There was no doubt. He was affirming, since you're the Son of God. And so Peter is saying, since you've been born again, affirming that and you have tasted he's quoting from Psalm 34 8 David wrote that Psalm after he had acted as a madman when he went to Abimelech and was driven away remember that he got scared of Saul he went over the Transjordan on the other side all of a sudden he was walking around people were saying hey isn't that David that killed um, his thousands and he killed Goliath and he started freaking out and all of a sudden he acted like a madman. He spit and let spit come out on his beard and started just graveling on the door. And the king song he says, Hey, I don't want any need another madman. Get him out of here. And David recognized the graciousness of God on his life. He had tasted, he had experienced. And so we, as we have accepted and we have tasted and partaken of the graciousness of salvation. And we know what it is to have the ability to live above sin. To know what it is to have the potential for growth. We are most thankful. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. The word tasted is the very same word that speaks of privilege and benefit that is used in Hebrews chapter 2 in verse 9 where it says, And Jesus tasted death for every man. Also in Hebrews 6, 4, it says, if you have tasted of the heavenly gift and you turn away, it is impossible to renew you to repentance once again. When you take something in your mouth to taste it, you cannot tell me that you haven't been made one with that thing that you've put in your mouth. You ever go to the yogurt shop? 31 flavors, what is it, 31, 41, something like that? and you can taste hey let me taste that and you take take a little taste and you know you're trying to assimilate it and you know it's becoming one with you and you make a discernment whether you really feel you you want to commit yourself to that and stick it in your mouth and he says in view of the fact that you've been born again and you've tasted the goodness the graciousness of God in the context of salvation and the ability to resist sin and live above it he says what are we to do? What are we to say? Is it of ourselves? No. It's a work of God. And so Paul continually prays for the believers in Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians that they might grow from the place that they have begun, the new birth, and move on to maturity. Paul says, I have not arrived. I press towards the mark. It's a continual pressing on in growth in Christ but it comes through and by the Word of God. If you do not read and study the Word of God don't expect to grow. You will be retarded and carnal and you will add to your own hurt. Don't live off other people's Christianity That's like trying to get nourishment from food that has been thrown up. You have to do your own chewing. You have to take it into your own body and receive the assimilation so you can benefit from it. Jesus says, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. What a frustrating thing it is to know but not do. You see, God is not so much concerned of how much you and I know. He's more concerned that I live what I do know. And really, if I know more than I'm living, then I will be held accountable for that. So my feet need to match my lips. I have to live out what I profess To understand what I profess to be made known by the Spirit of God. And so Peter says here, the babes are to grow to maturity. It's a great beginning, but it's only the beginning. There's so much more exciting things. I mean, it's neat to be a kid, not to have cares, ride your bike, get in the mud, your mom bathes you. You don't have to iron your own clothes. You don't have to buy your own clothes. But it's kind of exciting as you grow and you get a job and you have your own paycheck and you have to learn to be responsible. And and you know, and then you, you know, you have privileges. You know, you get you go out and you look for a bride and you get married and, and you have benefit. But you know, it's just it's a natural thing to grow. And so it shouldn't be any different in the life of the spirit. A child that is born is born to grow a child that grows grows because he eats a child that eats right is healthy and a healthy child is a happy child how are you doing in the Lord are you eating spiritual food or spiritual junk food is it developing you or is it hurting you. God invites you to the feast table. You won't be denied. You can eat all you want and you don't have to worry about calories. You don't have to worry about chemicals. You can freely eat and it will be of great benefit for you to grow in Christ Jesus. Won't you eat and grow Unto maturity. This is God's will for you and myself.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese. Putting the finishing touches on the Feast of the Bread of Life. The recommended daily diet for growth in born-again life in Christ. God's Word. Now, today's study is simply titled, Babes Are to Grow to Maturity, and is available on CD for just $4. And by the way, this CD will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title to ask for once more is, Babes Are to Grow to Maturity, or just mention today's date when you get in touch. You can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800 926 1485. Again, that's 800 926 1485. Or the address, once again, is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. And hope you'll be back as we share more Simple Truths of God's Word with our teacher, Pastor Xavier Reese, next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com